only thing we have to fear is fear itself. The National Weather Service has issued a severe thunderstorm warning. Welcome. To the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast, where prepping doesn't have to be complicated or expensive. Coming to you from a well-defended off-grid compound high in the mountains. Coming to you from his Florida room in Richmond, Virginia. Neither off-grid nor well-defended, unless you count as chickens and cats, here is your host, Keith. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast podcast. My name is Keith and this is episode 19. Today is October 17th, 2022. And I was going to put together a podcast last night, but I wanted to wait and get some news. I guess the news of the day today for Monday before I put this thing together. So let's just get right to it. All right, the price of gas here in Central Virginia is holding steady at $3.59 a gallon, and it's been that price for approximately two weeks now. Corn index is still 50, I'm sorry, 60 cents a can. Um, Remember initially I said it was 48 cents a can uh, several months ago when I bought my uh, corn at the local Walmart. It has been 60 cents uh, for the last several weeks, so a 12 cent increase, looking at about 20%, so that is holding steady. Thank goodness. Okay, let's jump right into Russia, Ukraine, day two, like 240, 245 of this ongoing war. A couple developments um, over the weekend. Apparently, the Russian army is now launching uh, like suicide drones into the capital of Kiev. Is that Kiev? Are we not saying Kiev anymore? All right. So into the capital of Kiev and still targeting civilians as well as infrastructure, you know, power plants, water treatment plants. And we know what the deal is to try to, to try to make, uh, to try to basically freeze everybody out and force the Ukrainian government uh, to surrender or, or to the peace tables, negotiate whatever they're going to do. But Zelensky has vowed that he will never, never surrender, nor will he negotiate with Putin. So brings me to my next point. I know I spoke a little bit about it a couple podcasts ago about the uh, American military industrial complex. And, you know, part of me thinks that there are a lot of people in this world that want this war to go on for an awful long time. Who are those people? Well, defense contractors, uh, members of the Ukrainian government. There is no way all these hundreds of billions of dollars that we're sending across is going directly to you know, the soldiers in the field. There is certain, a certain level of corruption, you know, on both sides, our side and their side. And it got me thinking the other day, when we pulled out of, out of Afghanistan just a little over a year ago, we left hundreds of millions of dollars worth of equipment, Blackhawks, tanks, Humvees, all sorts of, of weaponry. And some people will say, well, it was less expensive Uh, to leave it there and give it to the Taliban than it would be to bring it home. Well, that may be true, but look at it this way. We have to replace all that. And ta-da! The American military industrial complex to the rescue. Oh, not a problem. We can give you 
250 more Blackhawks. Oh, you need a thousand Humvees? Coming right up. Just write us a big check for a bajillion dollars. And we oh, 50,000 rifles? Oh, come on. It's a couple thousand grenades. Easy. We have those in the back. Let me go get those grenades for you. We, uh, you know, we take, we take cash only here. Sorry to sound cynical, but that's the only thing I can, I can basically figure out. So now over the weekend, Putin has basically conscripted about 300,000, I want to say military aged males, but we got some Apparently, they've, uh, they've broadened the definition of what a military-aged male is in Russia. We've got some very, very young kids and some very, very old men. So there are a lot of protests in Russia about this conscription. Well, yeah, you usually don't use the word protest in and Russia in the same sentence. Because normally, if you protest in Russia, you end up disappearing and there's not much of a protest. Normally, those are put down pretty quickly. But regardless, there's folks out in the street um, not very happy with conscript, conscripting. I'm going to learn to say that word eventually. Conscripting 300,000 uh, more citizens uh, into the army. So at a training facility over the weekend, uh, the Russians say there was an act of terrorism. Two soldiers that were training with other Russian soldiers so these two soldiers were from a former uh, a country that formerly belonged to the Soviet Union. And that's all the details they'll go into. But apparently these two soldiers killed 11 Russian soldiers that were there training. They were then subsequently shot either by soldiers or, or, or the, you know, responding, you know, base police or whatever. So these two gentlemen are dead. So, so it's getting extra tense over there when you have soldiers that you're trying to train that end up turning on the other soldiers and uh and killing them i guess it's a form of protest trying to get their message across that they didn't appreciate um you know what what putin and the russian military is doing so speaking of the risk of a nuclear exchange between russia you know into ukraine and then nato stepping in and the u.s stepping in apparently Cooler heads have prevailed maybe for the last several days. Nobody has said anything overly dumb to try to tick the other side off. However, apparently the U.S., Bulgaria, and some other um, Eastern European countries are engaged in some sort of war games. We've got our B-52s flying around, you know, near the Russian border, the Polish border. And basically, it's just a show of strength. However, I never quite understood what that is to accomplish. Putin knows that we have B-52s. He knows that they can drop conventional weapons, nuclear weapons. They can do it all. These things are absolutely massive. So flying a bunch of B-52s around Europe really shouldn't scare him. Oh, no, they've got B-52s. Well, he knows we have B-52s. So if we put a bunch of subs out to sea, he knows we have subs. He knows we have carrier task force. He probably knows where all of our task force are, all of our ships, not where our subs are, but he knows where our surface ships are. Are they in the Mediterranean? Are they in the Atlantic, the Pacific? You know, are they in San Diego? Are they in Norfolk? You know, retrofitted, refueled, whatever it happens to be. So I never quite understood how you're going to intimidate somebody by either putting an aircraft carrier off of their coast or flying a bunch of planes around their border. It just doesn't, doesn't make sense. It, 
it's not going to intimidate Putin. Putin all of a sudden is not going to come to the peace table. He is not going to start withdrawing his troops from Ukraine because we're flying a bunch of planes around doing military exercises. This happens all the time. You know, in the Persian Gulf, you know, we put a task force, you know, off the coast of Libya. And that's a little bit different because Libya wasn't going to fight back. And Syria wasn't going to fight back. And a lot of all these a lot of these other countries were truly intimidated by this, you know, this type show of force. So I guess it be very interesting here in the next couple of weeks to see if anything develops. Now, I would hope in, in hopes of hopes that, uh, you know, there's some back channel uh, negotiations going on somewhere, somehow between the United States and Russia. Uh, maybe to a lesser extent with NATO uh, and the Ukraine. If you've ever watched a, uh, a documentary or a movie about the Cuban Missile Crisis, there was a lot, especially it was Bobby Kennedy, who ended up being the Attorney General at the time, or maybe he's the Attorney General after. He did a lot of back-channel negotiations, a lot of stuff that, that wasn't revealed you know, until, until several days later. So let's talk about the EDC, the everyday carry bag. I know I mentioned that last week. So let me tell you some of the things that I have purchased on Amazon over the last week or so. So let me get this. So just to let you know that I'm not sponsored by Amazon. They are not paying me uh, to give these reviews, nor am I sponsored or uh, any of the uh, items that I'm about to describe. Um, I use my own hard-earned money, big, been digging through the couch cushions, and came up with just enough to get these to get these items. So I'll go ahead and put them down into the description. There's like a little free-form box below that describes the podcast, and I'll, uh, I'll put some information about some of those. So the one thing that really struck my fancy, it's about the size of a credit card, and it's called like a tool card, and this is made by Lever, L-E-V-E-R, Lever, Lever Gear Tool Card Pro. So it's metal, and it has 40 different tools, uh, kind of a multi-tool, in the shape of a credit card. And it comes in a little sleeve. And apparently it's TSA friendly, so it's allowed to be on a plane, not a lot of you know sharp edges or, or pointy bits. So you're allowed to take that on a plane. And let's see, here's just a few of the things uh, this thing has. All right, well, it has to have a bottle opener. You have to be able to open your beer somehow. Money clip, that's the easy part. All sorts of different, like screwdrivers, and I guess I don't want to say a wrench, but a way to turn, uh, to turn bolts um, and to turn nuts. There's a, you know, a, one side has uh, inches and then centimeters, so it does have a, a, a you, do, you can, you know, measure something with it. So it's it's really neat. It was only what was it? Ten? It was twenty five bucks. So I really I really think that's going to come in handy. Very small, uh, very light. So I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to using that if the time, the situation ever presents itself. So I bought a couple, well, it's actually a three pack and the name brand is Right in the Rain, R-I-T-E in the Rain. It's a waterproof spiral notebook. So you can literally write in pencil or pen and it's waterproof paper. So if there was ever a need that you needed to take notes, you needed to leave notes for somebody, you know, I went here up on the trail to, you know, take a left at the down tree, uh, any sort of information that you needed to pass along. Car broke down. 
You put a note on the windshield if you're trying to get home. Your family members or friends come looking for you. They can't find you. Then you put a note on the side of the car or over the windshield wiper. Hey, car broke down. I'm walking this way. And, you know, and you, you'll give your uh, general route. And if, if they can pick you up, that's great. So just to provide some information. And plus, I thought it was kind of cool. And that was $21. And that was actually for, uh, for a three-pack. So that was pretty cool. Let's see, something else I bought that was kind of cool. It's a Gerber, so it's made by Gerber, a Gerber Shard keychain tool. And again, it's kind of like, it, it doesn't have as many uh, different items as the 40-in-1 um, uh, tool card. So it's got a flathead screwdriver, both kind of medium and small, a Phillips head screwdriver, a wire stripper, a pry bar, you're not going to be prying a lot of, lot of heavy items with this. But still, looking at it, I mean, it can, it can do some damage if you need to pry something open. Of course, a bottle op opener and then a lanyard hole if you wanted to, you know, stick a lanyard, put it around your neck or hang it on something. So I also went out to my, uh, my backpacking gear and I picked up a couple things that will definitely work in my EDC. These, are th these things are called... It's, it's by Dr. Wipe, Dr. D-R-W-I-P-E. And it's basically a compressed towel. So think of a paper towel and you compress it into a tiny little disc. If I open it up and I look at it, it's kind of like the size of like a big, like a big mint, but you just add a little bit of water to it and this thing expands and you can use it over and over, but you know, they do tear kind of kind of easily but you can use it for personal hygiene uh, wiping your hands off clearing something uh, you know clearing a table off you know wiping a mirror down something like that and the cool thing about it is they're super super compact it's in a little watertight container so it's not going to get wet so i thought i thought that was kind of cool uh, some other things like a cooling towel you guys have seen these cooling towels uh, very very light you put it in, uh, in water, you, uh, you wring it out really well, it's still kind of moist. You go ahead and put that over your shoulder uh, or over your neck, and it keeps you kind of cool. I also bought some cordage. Now, I always call this 550 cord, but apparently this is a little bit stronger. So this is 650 cord. It's 100 foot, and I think what I'll do with that is I'll wrap that around uh, maybe a knife handle. I could wrap that around... Uh, my notebook uh, somewhere to keep that to keep that handy you have a small tent you need to you know tie down uh, some stakes or tie down some branches that you're using to support the tent something like that so it's something to have that you would that definitely could come in handy um, first aid kit so I purchased a very very basic first aid kit it has like 150 pieces in it nothing too crazy very very small and very very light and going into my backpack, I found that little metal, I talked about it last podcast. It kind of looks like a, it's about the size of a, a tin of mints, like those, remember those Altoid mints, but this is a little bit bigger. Uh, this is made by Coleman and it's the same thing. It's um, metal, very thin metal, uh, personal survival kit, emergency essentials. And let's see, uh, some alcohol wipes, very basic first aid stuff. It's got a razor, uh, some waterproof matches, some band-aids, uh, knuckle bandages, 
spot bandages, antibiotic ointment, safety pins, sting relief wipes. You get stung by a, um, a bee or something like that. And then, of course, you've, you've got the tin. So that's kind of cool. Uh, tourniquet. I always kept a tourniquet in my hiking bag. Uh, so that is also there. What else do we have? A small, a small battery bank. Uh, this one is very, very small. I purchased uh, a solar generator from Jackery about a year or two ago, and they threw in like a small rechargeable little battery bank. I get about a charge, charge and a half for my iPhone from from all from from dead, all the way to full. A buff. I've had a, a you know with COVID and everything. Those buffs, the you put around your neck. People call them gaiters, that sort of thing. I'm gonna throw a couple of those in there. And that's basically all I have for now. So probably in the next few days, I'm going to start looking for a bag. And again, when I spoke about it last week, I'm going to get the items first and then the bag. I don't want to get the bag and then start filling it up and feel obligated. Oh, I've got some extra room. Let me let me put some stuff in there. It ends up being a little bit too heavy or it ends up being filled with stuff that um, you know I'm not even going to use get one too small and I start buying things and I'm like, oh great, I have to send the bag back and then try to find a larger bag. So I think it's wise uh, for me in this case to go ahead and get, now start looking at bags and I have probably most of what's gonna be in there. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, a pair of socks. Um, let's see, like the reading glasses, I use those um, those little cheater reading glasses. You can get it, you know, CVS, Rite Aid, any uh, in any uh, drugstore or Walmart, stuff like that. The little ones that they're not prescription. So I'll throw like an extra pair of those in there. J just a few other toiletries, maybe, but I'll go ahead and look at the bags that they have and then, and then take it from there. So I ran across a website. I don't want to, I don't want to give too much information today. I ran across a website kind of by accident and as I dug into the website, I found some absolutely very, very cool stuff that easily trans translates or transfers over to prepping, to you know, emergency preparedness. One thing I haven't talked about yet, and here's kind of a little teaser, you know, it's very important in the event that you're going to leave your residence with your family or you, you know, your family somewhere else, you're going to try to meet your family or friends. It's very important to make sure that you have the proper identification with you. You're going to need your driver's license. Wouldn't be a bad thing to have your insurance card. If you have a passport, take your passport. You, you need to provide, because uh, you don't know who you're going to run across. You don't know if you're going to cross, come across a military checkpoint, a law enforcement checkpoint. You don't know if you're going to end up like, you know, finding your family, finding your friends and traveling together. You don't know if you're going to end up at a FEMA shelter and you have to identify yourself. And you're like, oh, there's my son. Oh, you know, there's Jimmy and Sissy, you know, are uh, my boy and my girl. And how are you going to identify them as your children? Of course, you know, they're like, hey, dad, how's it going? But I'm sure the official is going to be like, well, you know, who is this? It would be nice if you had a copy like of their social security card or anything that would help prove that they are who they are and that they belong to you. In the event a friend or family member, whatever goes missing during some sort of, you know, poop hits the fan scenario, 
and you want to provide that information to people that are going to be in the area, people that are going to be looking for them, or people that just happen to come across people. What happens if a family member of yours is injured and they cannot say, oh, that's my dad. Oh, that's my uncle Jimmy. You have to be able to identify them and say, I am the guardian. I'm the caretaker for this young child or, or whomever it may be. And, you know, you have my permission to treat them or, or whatever, whatever it happens to be. In the event, um, well, just think of Hurricane Ian. So you just have some cat who walks up to like a FEMA trailer and they're like, you know, I'm here to get whatever services, you know, you provide. Okay, well, what's your name? Mike Jones. Mike, do you have any identification on you? Um, no, the hurricane took my identification. They're going to want some sort of proof that you are who you are, that the house that no longer exists three blocks down the street was yours. So they're going to provide you, you know, shelter and food. They're going to start all the paperwork and you need to be able to, um, you know, identify yourself in, in this case to FEMA to the federal government so they can provide the much needed services. All sorts of fraud um, happens with these type situations. There is no doubt, what was it, Superstorms? What was it? Hur- wait, hur- one of the hurricanes, it wasn't Superstorm st- super Sandy or Sandy, Superstorm Sandy. Uh, maybe it's Katrina. But all these people lined up and like, oh, I'm a fisherman and I fish for crab and shrimp and I lost five hundred thousand dollars my boat is my boat sunk and i didn't get to get all the crab and shrimp because my boat sunk and that the government's writing these people's checks some of these people they couldn't you know they don't know a, a you know a boat from a from a hole in the ground and there was a lot a lot of fraud so and you know if you're the fisherman you know here's my license here's my address uh here's my you know the i guess captain's license here's my permits uh, here's the name of my boat. Here's the registration. And so now this person can move forward as a legitimate victim of, you know, getting the boat replaced, getting the boat repaired, and then being compensated for the loss of income. So there was certainly a lot of fraud. And, you know, people are trying to get over on everybody all the time. So anyway, I digress. I went way off on a tangent there. So some of those things, um, and it'd be a good thing if you could keep those digitally so you don't want to necessarily have, you know, your driver's license will be okay, but you want to have a photocopy of that driver's license. You have a photocopy of your social security card, maybe your passport, or maybe a photocopy, at least of like the the passport, like the first page with, you know, address, or not address, uh, name, date of birth, uh, the passport date, that sort of thing. They don't necessarily need to see all the stamps, you know, you've been traveling around the world, but it'd be important to be able to identify yourself with this passport. So anyway, I ran across this website and I ordered something off of Amazon because they have an Amazon storefront. I reached out to the company and I asked them if it would be okay in a future podcast if I talked about their company and talked about their product. They got back to me within like 45 minutes and they said, absolutely. We would love for that to happen. And so I'm gonna set up a phone call uh, with these folks later on this week to talk, talk a little bit about what they do 
And there's also um, a, a new product that I think I ran across on their website, but, I, but I'm not sure if it's the exact same thing. And so uh, these folks want to talk to me about it. So I'm going to set up a phone call probably Friday. Um, I'm not working on Friday. And, and they're going to you know, walk me through the website. And hopefully I'll get some fantastic information and I'll be able to come back probably over the weekend and share that with you. The product that I ordered will not be here for about a week, but... You got, you know, for the folks that are that prep and do emergency preparedness, you're absolutely going to geek out when you see this. You're going to be like, what? This is so cool. It's not absolutely mandatory to have, but just think to have this, it's one of those things. It weighs hardly anything. It's always with you. And if you need it, it's there. And if you get yourself in a pickle, and I'll describe that pickle later on, maybe over the weekend, the information and this item is going to be absolutely invaluable. All right. I think in show business, they call that a teaser. Is that what they call a teaser? They're like, oh my gosh, Keith, you have to tell me what this thing is. I, I, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. Please, please, for the love of God, tell me what you're talking about. I am not going to do that. I am going to make everybody wait, talk to these folks on Friday and, uh, and get back probably over the weekend, get the information I need and get back to you over the weekend. Or I may wait if my, if the thing order comes in quicker, comes in maybe uh, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday, um, I'm going to check it out, uh, run it through its paces, and then, and then talk to you guys on the other side of that. Okay, folks, again, this has been the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast, episode 19. And remember, Prepping does not have to be complicated and it does not have to be expensive. When you go to Costco, you go to Wally World, whatever market or wherever you go, just pick up one extra of what you just bought. If you got a case of water, get another one. You got like a 12 pack of toilet paper. If you can afford another 12 pack, do that. If you need to get a six pack, do that. Okay does not have to be complicated and it does not have to be expensive folks thank you so much thank you so so much for stopping by and listening listening to the podcast i am very excited on on where the podcast seems to be going the traction it seems to be getting and again as always be safe take care of one another and until next time Thanks for listening to the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, help spread the word by leaving a rating and review.